I'm not going to panic. I'm not going to panic. There's nothing wrong. It's okay. I'm not going to panic yet. We know nothing. All we do know is, according to John Clark at J. Clark NBCS, and I think they said this on the broadcast, uh, Joel Embiid is in the locker room getting medical attention, and Delton Brand is back there with him, according to TNT. Okay. I'm not going to panic. There's nothing wrong. Is Joel Embiid okay? Is Joel Embiid okay? You know what? That's uh, that's the first question. I'm going to ask him the toughest question. Joining me right now on the Dr. Glatt Regrew Hairline, Dr. Paul Glatt, Philadelphia's leading hair restoration doctor. Visit drglatt.com. It is Mark Drumheller. You can follow him at X underscore Drumheller. And Bede is back on the bench. Uh, Mountain Brand was also seen walking around on the bench, too. Uh, so, Mark Drumheller, I'll ask you this question. Is Joel Embiid okay? He's got to be okay. I I think he's all right. Listen, man, when you're that big, you just get banged up, you know, and I think that, you know, he's just going to get banged up. He plays physical. He gives 100% when he's out there. So I think there's going to be a lot of these little scares that's just by the nature of him playing and carrying the team. But um, I think he's all right. He wouldn't be back on the bench chugging water if he wasn't ready to get back in there and make something happen. Right. Like he wouldn't. I also think if he wasn't playing for the rest of this game, he also wouldn't be out there. Like, he, mm-hmm. he's definitely out there. Yeah, look, he's about to check in right now. Everything's fine, Mark. Why did I, why, I didn't panic. Nobody panicked, right? Mr. Everything's Miyagi fine. in the back. Right. Working his magic. Is that Mr. Miyagi? <laughs> really? Yeah. Remember that when he was healing the Karate Kid? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Oh, maybe, maybe I haven't watched the Karate Kid in a while, too, that it didn't, like, pop you're up not, in my you're mind. You're not too young for the Karate Kid. No, I've watched the Karate Tell Kid. Tell me you saw the Karate Kid. No, I've seen the Karate Kid. No, 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 no. I, trust okay, me. I've, seen, I've only seen the first one. Like, I didn't see, in other words, like, a Karate Kid 2 or something, right? Like, I haven't seen anything but the first Karate Kid and the one with uh, Jaden Smith and Jackie Chan. I saw that Karate Kid, too. Which, that there was all right. That, was, that wasn't bad. All right, well, Joel Embiid is back on the floor. So everything's okay, except the fact that the Sixers' eight-point lead is down to a three-point lead with seven minutes, 27 seconds and counting to go in the second quarter. But other than that, everything's okay. Uh, Mark, I don't know if you had a bet on this game, uh, but was it the Sixers? Were you leaning three and a half? Uh, just pre-flop, how were you thinking about this? What were you thinking about this game, and kind of how is that bet going right now? Yeah, I mean, I laid the three. So, um, you know, I'm comfortable with it now. I still, I got it at three. So, Joel Embiid just you know, hit a three, that. so I'm feeling very comfortable about it now. Yeah, and, you know, the, listen, there's nothing better than, if you look at the game and how this series went, right, really it's like game one was the game where we had a ton of trouble. And two things happened that were, you know, completely, um, that we didn't see play out through the rest of the series so far, and that's, the Hawks shot the lights out in the beginning of game one in the first quarter, and we turned the ball over like crazy. And, you know, we haven't done either of those. We haven't seen any of those things happen yet so far this game. So I think Philadelphia is just going to kind of continue to wear them down and impose their will throughout this game. You know, the Hawks came out shooting very cold. This is a game that they need if they want to have any shot in the series. Obviously, they want to go down 3-1 to heading back to Philadelphia. And I, I'm just – 
I'm really comfortable with the defense that the Sixers are playing in this series. Yeah, they're just, I mean, I, I think, put it to put it simply, they're just the better team. Um, and that's why I want to ask you about the next game coming up as well at 10 o'clock. Uh, I think Utah's just flat out the better team. And if you're going to give me nine points, or I have five points, excuse me, for the better team, I think, in this game, you have to take that, right? Is Utah the right bet for the 10 o'clock game? Yeah, I didn't play that one. Um, I am on Utah in the series at minus 130. Um, I did play them during the home games. Um, I really like Utah at home. You know, going back to L.A., is L.A. good enough to kind of take these two games? You know, it's possible. But, again, you know, one of the main things you have to look at, right, Kawhi went completely bananas in the second half of that game three. Paul George shot 60% from three-point range. You know, are those things going to continue to happen? Probably not. So this game's probably going to be a lot closer. And in that situation, you know, the points become more valuable. I just think that a lot of things went the Clippers' way in game three that we didn't see in the first two games. You know, they, they had a ton of points in the paint. And like I said, Paul George shooting the lights out. They were really lethal from three. And, you know, Donovan Mitchell got a little bit banged up. So, um you know, I expect Utah to come out and make it a, a, a tighter game. I, you know, I, I didn't really see it. You know, the fact that I'm on Utah already in the series, I wasn't, I wasn't really comfortable playing this game actually tonight. But I do like Utah um, uh, to come out of that conference. So I, I have them get by the series, and I actually have them win in the conference. So a lot of confidence in them. Would not be surprised if they were able to get the cover tonight. So you think Utah is a better team than the Phoenix Suns? I do. I do. I know a lot of people like the Suns, man, because they took out the Lakers, A lot of people, right? meaning John Jansen, yes. A high-profile team, and you know, and then they come in, they dispose of a Denver team, which you want to talk about the better team. I mean, they were just clearly better than Denver. Um, I cashed in on the Suns at minus 220, cashed in with them uh, last night again, laying the points. Um, so I like the Suns, too, man. They're they're get me by these playoffs. So they keep cashing my tickets. I'm going to be good with them. But I just think the Jazz, I think it's the deeper we get into the playoffs, right, we're seeing home court become more and more prevalent um, and more and more important. And I think that's, that could be the difference if those two teams advance. You know, Phoenix already advanced, but Utah gets by L.A. I just think that home court, you know, getting Utah the best team in the NBA at home. There, I think they were 31-5 and five this year. Um, you know, having that home court advantage, I think, is a lot for Phoenix to overcome. Mark Drumheller joining me right now on the Dr. Glad Regrow Your Hairline. You can follow Mark at X underscore Drumheller. Uh, so, Mark, I got one question for you. It's time. Is it time to start looking at the NFL right now? Is it time? Two months away from the start of preseason, it's time, isn't it? We never stop looking at the <laughs> NFL, right? Does, does the NFL ever end? Isn't it just like a continuous cycle? It, it really is. Um, you know, so I, I have to. So how many bets right now, future bets, do you have in for the NFL? Because I know the last time I talked to you, you had a couple or a few. How many at the moment? Has there been any more? Yeah, I don't have a ton, to be honest with you. Like, I'm on the Detroit under. I'm really trying to kind of, you know, kind of be a little bit more measured with my futures just in the fact that it's, you know, you're you're really – sinking a lot of money in and so much can change at this point and you know you're not getting paid out till january february you know what i mean so it's uh you know kind of just trying to take a little bit of a measured approach there if there's an under on the board that i really like like detroit i'll smash that um but you know a lot, a lot can happen even some of the teams that i'm really high on i'm probably going to wait before i punch in those futures so we get a little closer to the season
It's a great Akon song, by the way. Smack that. Classic. <laughs> very, very classic. Uh, so let's let's go into a, a few of these divisions and division odds and just teams in general because uh, I immediately look at the NFC North. We're hearing more about Aaron Rodgers. The uh, somebody in the front office, I think, an owner, whoever, the president, wh- whoever for the Packers said that Aaron Rodgers is a complicated person. Um, he's not going to be there in Green Bay. Can we assume that? And if we do assume that, should it be now that maybe we look at taking the Vikings, Bears, and not the Lions? Still, <laughs> yeah, definitely not the Lions. But um, I mean, Green Bay will probably be better than the Lions without Aaron Rodgers. To be honest with you, you think um, so? Jordan Love seems seems like he's not that good. Yeah, but you know, Lafleur, like he's just going to run the the hell out of the ball. You know what I mean? With AJ Dillon and. You know, so I, I think that even if they go in this season with Jordan Love, uh, I think if they do trade Rodgers, they'll probably get a veteran back. But maybe they decide to go with Love um, right out the gate. Um, even if they do that, it's going to be a very run-heavy approach. They're just going to have Jordan Love probably try to manage some games, which is, you know, a, a recipe for, you know, not. I don't want to say it's not how you win a ton of games in the NFL, but you can kind of, you know, you see those conservative teams, they can kind of squeak out, you know, six, seven games or something like that. I wouldn't be surprised if Green Bay was, you know, competitive um, even without Aaron Rodgers in what I think is a pretty bad division overall right down the line. So You think um, so? I mean, you know, that because the NFC North has been has been good, but I, I with Aaron Rodgers seemingly out the door in Green Bay, this this suddenly does turn into kind of a bad division, doesn't it? Yeah, well, let, let's let's talk about it, right? So if Green Bay is – if Rodgers is out, now it's, we're going to assume they get a, a load of draft picks and not a ton of uh, actual players back in the deal if they do move him. Um, you know, who kind of grabs a hold of the division? Like, I, I'm, I don't necessarily love Minnesota, to be honest with you. Um, I think that, you know, their offensive line is a lot to be desired. I think Kirk Cousins is going into a season knowing that, you know, they're – trying to trade up for Justin Fields, right? And, of course, you know, he does have Justin Jefferson. I get it. He has a lot of weapons. Had them last year, couldn't win any games, right, because the defense stunk. Now they went out and they bought a bunch of new parts for the defense. They're trying to make it work with Mike Zimmer. Um, I I don't know if all that's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if it's all going to come together. So I think the division's kind of a toss-up, you know, between them and the Bears, uh, two teams that are – strong in some areas, but just not really a complete team. Uh, so it, it'll probably be a situation where the healthier team probably prevails. And, you know, when yeah. you have those teams where divisions where no one's really that good, um, health becomes a major factor. Yeah, in the NFC North right now, the Packers are the favorite, minus 121 over the Park Sportsbook Gap, Vikings plus 225, Bears plus 350. I, you know, I, I have to admit, once Justin Fields is drafted, because I think he's going to be a really good quarterback in the NFL, uh, I think I went a little bit overboard in trying to bet the Bears or thinking that the Bears were the best bet with the Packers, knowing that Aaron Rodgers might be out the door, and now definitely knowing he is likely going to be out the door. Um, but just at the end of the day, like Justin Fields' hype is great, and I think there are, I, I think even you mentioned some good pieces, but at the end of the day, uh, Matt Nagy's just not a good coach, and this isn't really that great of a Bears team, is it? It's not. I mean, the offensive line is a lot to be desired, right? We're hoping, like the hope is, with Fields, they go from terrible as an offensive line to okay and serviceable so they don't get him killed. Um, but, you know, it, it, the team as a whole, like a lot of people think, oh, well, they just need to kind of fix the offense. Like that offense went 
along with their ability to run the ball. And granted, they didn't have a dynamic quarterback there. The quarterback play was terrible. But when that offense was able to have success, they were able to run the ball. So I think the offensive line is going to be key there, even with Fields at quarterback. And, you know, another thing to keep in mind, we talked about the Vikings and their defense. You know, the Bears, they weren't the 85 Bears last year. If you look at them down the stretch, um, that defense really struggled as the year went on. And they were terrible in third downs. Um, they, they were just not the same Bears defense that we're kind of accustomed to. I think people look at that team and automatically assume Bears strong defense because the offense stunk. But the defense kind of fell apart towards the end of the year, so it'll be real interesting to see if they can put that together coming into next season. But that's why I'm not – I mean, I'm not you know bullish on either team. Like, I don't really think that, you know, the Vikings or the Bears – I can't pencil either of them in the win that division at this point. I need to see a little bit more. Yeah, so we go from the NFC North. Um, I guess the NFC East. So I'll I'll ask you this because I think the answer is the NFC East. But what division do you think is just a complete toss up and you know it just you, bad? You know, can't get a read on it. I would say that's the NFC East. Is there another division that I'm missing here? As far as bad, I mean, I think... Or just yeah, a kind yeah, of a toss-up, right? no idea, like unpredictable kind of thing. Of, I mean, a lot of the divisions, like if you want to look at from a competitive standpoint, like I think the AFC East is going to be very interesting with Buffalo, with New England, you know, getting a lot of their defense back, spending a lot of money on offense. So you think the New Bills are just aren't going to run right. away with it in the uh, AFC East? Wow, okay. I don't. I, 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 yeah, I think that division's pretty open. I think that, you know, Miami, obviously, they're going to have to be better defensively, but they went out and got some good young players in the draft as well. Um, and two is going to have to take a step, but they got him a ton of weapons, right? So there are two teams, I think, the Patriots and Miami, they're going to be a lot better that are going to be able to kind of challenge the Bills. Um, and you look at the NFC West, right? You know, the, Sean McVay goes out and gets Matthew Stafford. Now, you can say that Matthew Stafford's not an elite quarterback if you want, we can argue about that, but the fact remains, he is leaps and bounds better than Jared Goff. So seeing Sean McVay with a very talented quarterback, veteran quarterback that he can really unleash, um, and you know we can really find out what Sean McVay is really about with a play caller. And you can say the same thing about Kyle Shanahan, right? Not going to be held back by Jimmy Garoppolo anymore. Has Trey Lance. Um, so that division, you know, with the Seahawks, with the Rams, with the 49ers, assuming the 49ers get that defense healthy, that's going to be extremely competitive. But um, the NFC East will be, I think, pretty much of what we saw last year, right? The NFC least, I think it's going to be, you know, those teams kind of battling, a team maybe trying to get in the playoffs at 9-8, and 8-9, eight, eight and somewhere around uh, that mark. I think, you know, all four teams have a lot to prove in the NFC East. Yeah, NFC East, they, uh, it seems like a – Giant toss-up. Like I just, I could make a case for the Cowboys, which I have a lot. I could make a case for Washington, for the Giants. I, heck, I, I could even make a case for the Eagles. I don't think the Eagles are going to be good, but in this division, you can obviously make a case for that team. What team at the moment kind of are you leaning towards, or at least you know you you have a little bit more confidence on them than the rest? Uh, because to me, that would have to be the Cowboys. But that also means I'm putting confidence in Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys as an organization in general, and that's usually not a good thing. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth, right? It's Dallas, but can you trust them with Mike McCarthy? You know, and and that's really the situation. They have all the talent on the offensive side of the ball that you could ask for. They get Dak Prescott back. If he's able to stay healthy, right, if he's the same, um, you know, with that ankle, 
then, you know, they, they can obviously win the division. They'll be front runners. But, you know, the defensive side of the ball, um, Dan Quinn, you know, everyone wants to talk about Seattle when they talk about Dan Quinn. Nobody wants to talk about Atlanta. I mean, that defense was the worst in the NFL, just gave up lead after lead. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do now. Is we going to get Seattle Dan Quinn? Are we going to get Atlanta Dan Quinn? What Dan Quinn are we going to get with the Cowboys, right? So um, if their defense can be serviceable, they'll win this division easy. They got the offensive firepower. If they can keep the quarterback healthy, they're the easy bet. But it's like Lucy holding the football and Charlie Brown. Every year <laughs> in Dallas, Dallas Futures, Dallas got all these stats. All I, these Dallas, were, Dallas last year, by the way, with a lot of Vegas Sharps, uh, were the uh, Super Bowl dark horse or like Super Bowl uh, bet that they really liked was Dallas. So yes, you are yeah, exactly right and, with that. And the, the analytics and the numbers must look looked very very good because they have to look good if you're overlooking Mike McCarthy, right? If you're saying that like, hey, they're that good that they're going to win despite Mike McCarthy, then you know your your models have to be showing some pretty impressive numbers, right? So. Dallas definitely has the talent, but the other teams in the division, like it wouldn't surprise me if the Eagles came in second, to be honest with you. Um, I don't have any – I think the Redskins are highly overrated. Um, I think that they, they still don't have an answer. Quarterback, I can go on for days about Fitzpatrick. Right, because, yeah, if, if you were to back Washington, you're backing and being confident in a quarterback that has never started in a playoff game. Like, that's, that's who you have yeah. to put your confidence into. And into an organization, again, that just hasn't been very good. So that's why I guess this, this question over and over again, or at least every answer does come with the, well, this could go wrong, though. Yeah, I mean, well, let's talk about Washington for a little bit, right? Everyone's talking about Washington. They would talk about, you know, there's this perception in the market, which I can understand. You know, they're like, oh, they have this great young defense. They got Ron Rivera, who, you know, is this defensive guy. You know, even though defense wasn't great in Carolina, he's this guy who's going to, you know, make Washington this formidable defense. And they were great last year when they were playing really bad teams. But when they got into the playoffs and played Tom Brady, they let up over 500 yards. You know, everyone wants to talk about Taylor Heineke in that game and what he did against Tampa's defense, but it was Washington's defense that lost that game. Um, they got completely mowed down um, on the biggest stage, and I don't have, you know, a ton of confidence in them. Like, I think they're a little bit overrated on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and then you look at offense, and it's supposedly, I don't know, like Curtis Samuel and Ryan Fitzpatrick are going to put them over the hump. And, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a journeyman quarterback who has never, out of the 50 teams that he's played for, he's never left one winning more games than he's lost. So, you know, it's he's a guy who's lost continuously with every team throughout his career. Um, he wins 40% of the games for his career. You got a team that was 3-10 and 10 last year against teams outside of the NFC East. So, if Washington isn't able to beat up on those teams within the division, uh, Dallas could be better, Giants could be better, Eagles could be better. I'm not sure if that's really good for their futures um, or their prospects. I just think they're kind of treading water at this point. So Julio Jones was traded to Tennessee. We're talking with Mark Drumheller on the Dr. Gladrick Gray hairline at X underscore Drumheller. Sixers up by 16 right now. Uh, this is getting into blowout territory. We'll talk about this game as it gets to the half. Um, 51 seconds remaining in the second quarter. So a little bit of time until we get to the half. In the meantime, we're talking NFL futures right now with Mark Drumheller. As we are getting closer to the NFL season, I feel it is appropriate that we have some uh, preliminary discussions about the NFL. And one team that obviously just made a big splash 
Mark Trumheller. Uh, the Tennessee Titans. Now, it's interesting because they have dropped below the Indianapolis Colts. Colts are favored plus 105. Titans plus 110. How much, how much is that Julio Jones move? And I, I hate to put it this way because maybe I'm the one that sounds dumb because it's really easy to go, well, Julio Jones, you know, great, but all they did was run the ball. Like, obviously, I get Julio Jones makes an impact, but how much does that really change the Titans and what they do or how good they are. Uh, I know Julio Jones is a great player, and their offense should be better for it. I don't know, though, if we look at the macro, how much it is going to improve or I, I think the marginal difference that it's going to make. Like, how much of a difference is it? Yeah, I think it makes a big difference with him as opposed to without him. Now, if you want to talk about Corey Davis, Julio Jones, is that a comparable swap or whatnot? I'll take Julio Jones any day over Corey Davis. Um, and I understand Corey Davis is a younger player who um, has, you know, a ton of upside. But Julio Jones can still play. He can go out there and cook defensive backs. And, you know, you're putting him in there, which what I think with what I think is the best young wide receiver in the NFL in A.J. Brown. And I think it gives them a very formidable offense. I think, you know, a lot of people look at the Titans and they say, oh, well, they just run the ball with Derrick Henry. They just run the ball with Derrick Henry. But Tannehill, very efficient. And now they have Arthur Smith out of there. So we don't know how much they're actually going to run the ball. I thought they ran the ball a little bit to a detriment uh, last year, very conservative on early downs when they didn't really need to be. Um, So maybe we'll, you know, see Tannehill get unleashed a little bit more, you know, with some more weapons and have them be more of an aggressive offense. Um, I like what the Titans bring to the table this year. I think that, you know, they're probably, in my opinion, they're the favorites to win that division. Um, and I think the additional Julio Jones just kind of secures it for them as long as they can stay healthy. Yeah, health is the big thing. And I maybe I'm the one that is concerned about this for absolutely no reason at all, and I'm the only one. Um, I think health has to be a problem for Derrick Henry at this point. I mean, we talk about running backs, you know, not being able to last too long. And this Derrick Henry has had the most workload for a running back, you know, not only for the past two seasons, but it seems like this is the a kind of workload a running back in the mid 2000s would get. Not right now. I just don't know how long that could last, but that is honestly just me, and I'm being an idiot because of it. Uh, but another team, that I makes f- sense. I think it. I mean, I think it makes sense when you look at the workload. The thing is with the running backs, though, it's kind of hard to. to project when they're going to fall off that cliff. I think the key is is that once you see them fall off the cliff, you have to believe your eyes and you have to adjust. And you can't sit there and say, well, it's just two bad games. Like, maybe Derrick Henry still got it. You know, I think people were, you know, on the train, you know, you think of Sean Alexander, right? People were still like, I know he's Sean Alexander. You know, and, and once they fall off the cliff, they're done. So I think that's, you know, the key there is, that, you know, if he does come on start slow, then you know they got to be a completely different offense. Mark Drumheller joining us right now on the Dr. Glad Regrow Your Hairline. And uh, I don't know if we can bet this team at all uh, for division odds because their division is is pretty good. But there is a lot of interest for me in Cincinnati. I, I, I haven't checked their win total. I'll be able to check that out as you're talking about them. But uh, Cincinnati is a very interesting team this year. Joe Burrow coming back from uh, a knee injury. Their total is at six and a half. Uh, I'm sure the schedule will have something to do with whether or not they can hit that number or how we bet that number in the six and a half. How are you approaching the Bengals this year? There are a lot of things to like. And Joe Burrow, when he did play, obviously made a huge difference for that team and that organization as soon as he stepped on the field for game one. But he is coming off a major knee injury. 
I don't like Zach Taylor at all. And they still have an offensive line issue. I, how much should we be looking at the Cincinnati team and, and, and thinking that they can make a leap this season? I like them. I, th- I think they are going to make a leap. I, I kind of said this after the draft. Like, I thought that there is kind of value. I think they're like plus 400 to make the playoffs, I think, or whatnot. Um, but I think that, you know, making the playoffs, you know, could be tough because the AFC is loaded. But I think to get over that win total, I definitely like it. You know, one of the key stats, and when we talk about young teams, it's really about confidence, right? And it's, So the schedule is important when you want to look at how they start the season. They start the season week one against the Minnesota Vikings at home. The Vikings typically not a great team on the road, right, under Mike Zimmer, great at home, cash all the tickets at home if you want to bet the Vikings in that dome. But once they get out of that dome, um, you know, they're not the same team. So you look at them, hey, new defense, lots of new people, bad defense last year, new personnel, right? Game one is the time to bet against that because, you know, a lot of defense is communication, especially with Mike Zimmer's scheme. So now you have Joe Burrow with – you know, they get the offensive line, Jonas Williams, they get back. They got Chase Young. They got, uh, I mean, Jamar Chase. They got, uh, you know, they got the, he's got these new weapons. So I think there's opportunity for him to win that game. I, I think, you know, I like them in week one. If they can beat Minnesota, then they get the Bears after that. They get the Steelers, um, who, you know, might not be the same. You know, this year, a lot of people down on the Steelers, offensive line trouble, quarterback can't throw the ball. Um, and then they get the Jaguars after that. So if you look at those first four games, if they can win three out of four of those games, um, they could get a lot of confidence. And Joe Burrow is a type of dynamic talent, um, and he's the type of leader that can, you know, the team will really, you know, buy into him and, and really kind of, uh, you know, believe in him. So I, I think they could win some games. I think they got a pretty easy start to the schedule. One of the key stats I lean on teams to start 3-0 and make the playoffs 75% of the time. So if they can get the Vikings, Bears, and Steelers, they start 3-0, and boom, maybe they are going to be pushing for the playoffs. Who knows? So I know last year you did this, and I'm assuming we're going to get something of the same version this season uh, over at phillyinfluencer.com. But uh, you go through and uh, do kind of in-depth articles of you know team win totals, and you go through a, a couple of teams in each article and you know determine whether or not which one is the best bet. Uh, so as we are getting closer to that, and as you're getting closer to really do some deep dives, what is a team that you're you're interested most to deep d- dive deep into? Like the team you're going, okay, I know a few things about them. Like obviously you do research all the time in the NFL, but what's a team that you're really excited to get and, and dive deep into and figure out who they really are? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the more interesting teams is, I think, is going to be the Carolina Panthers with Matt Rule, right? Like, they go in and get Sam Darnold, who I'm not particularly high on, to be honest with you. I thought they missed an opportunity to get their quarterback of the future. They went out and got J.C. Horn, who I think is going to be an incredible talent in the NFL. But cornerbacks don't usually make an impact in the first year, right? So uh, a lot of people are expecting Matt Rule to take this team and kind of now they went out and got Darnold, expecting them to kind of catapult this team, um, you know, into the playoffs. And I need to kind of dive in and really dig deep about the Carolina Panthers because I love Matt Rule. I love what they're building. I just don't love the decision they made at quarterback, right? I think it's like a ticket to purgatory. And, you know, I think you see that with a lot of great young offensive minds. You see it here with Joe Brady where they take a very average quarterback that they're getting on the cheap and they think that they can coach him up and make him elite and he's, he can win with my scheme. And I'm just not sure that's going to happen. So it's a, it's a program that I really like. I really like Matt Rule. 
I really like the future of the Carolina Panthers, but I think they had a little bit of misstep with Sam Darnold. So I'm really interested to dig into that team. They're obviously playing a tough division with the Saints, um, who are going through a transition, and the Buccaneers, who are the defending NFL champions. And, of course, Atlanta, um, who's brought in Arthur Smith, and they're kind of not sure if they're rebuilding or what they're doing. They're selling off their best players. So um, it'll be interesting to really dive into the Carolina Panthers and figure out what's in store for them this season. Yeah, that's 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 a very interesting one uh, because uh, they're a team, right? Like everything they did last season was really impressive, and we would like to in year two of Matt Rule and Joe Brady and all this think like, all right, they're ready to take that next step. But then they switch quarterbacks, and now it's Sam Darnold. Like it's it's really hard to get excited about that. I think, and as you were saying, like we want to get excited about Matt Rule and what he's doing with that team, but it's hard to when. You have Sam Darnold as your starting quarterback. Is that kind of a a very uh, good synopsis or a nice little summary of what you just said there? Yeah, it is. And I think a lot of people look at Sam Darnold and they say, hey, he's supposed to be the number one pick. He slipped and, you know, he's still a top five pick, you know, or, you know, whatever. Did he go second or whatnot? I don't remember what happened that year. But, the, uh, you know, he's right up at the top with, you know, Baker Mayfield ended up going one. and, And then things kind of fell apart and it's, you know, I think the most damning thing is, is last year, you know, you can say whatever you want about the Jets and how poor they were, and it's all right. And Adam Gase is a terrible offensive mind, and the system he ran stunk. But, you know, that offense looked a lot better with Joe Flacco than it did with Sam Darnold, and I think that's pretty damning. <laughs> um, so I'm not a very – You mean Eagles starting not. quarterback Joe Flacco? <laughs> you go back and look at them <laughs> games, man, and it's – that offense looked pretty good, a lot better with Flacco. But, uh, you know, so I just think it, it's going to be interesting now. Do they put him in a situation where he's just kind of, you know, we throw this term around a lot, right, the game manager, you know, where they kind of, you know, make him not do too much. And Brady, you know, designs a system to where they can get away with that and still win some games. You know, it's, it's very possible. Like, I'm not saying Carolina is going to go backwards, but I just don't think they're going to take the leap that I thought they would, and it's it's I like what they're doing outside of the quarterback position. So I want to kind of really dig into them. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and I think it's a, a pretty interesting division with Atlanta going and getting Arthur Smith. Um, I'm not really sure. Like, Atlanta doing a lot of curious things this offseason. And then, you know, Sean Payton and the Jameis Winston experiment is going to start. Or Taysom Hill. Be another, I mean, it, it has to be Winston, right? It has to be Winston. Yeah, it absolutely has to be Winston. And – uh so I don't know how that's going to go, right? So, you know, if that goes south and if New, if New Orleans is not, you know, the same team that we're used to them being, if they're just an average team and Atlanta goes backwards, right, if Arthur Smith isn't the answer and, you know, uh, Kyle Pitts, you know, is out there by himself trying to make plays with Calvin Ridley and Matt Ryan deteriorates even further, then there might be some chances for Carolina to kind of steal some games in division. But if it goes the other way, and Atlanta improves, and, and the Saints and Winston works out, and Sean Payne's a genius who unlocks James Winston, then it's going to be a real tough, tough in-division game for Carolina. So they're a team I'm pretty interested in because um, I think they could go a couple different ways. Hey, Mark, how about we do this again sometime soon, maybe uh, next week again, and talk more NFL because this was fun, and I want to keep doing it. You know my <laughs> deal. You call my name, I come running, John Dan. <laughs> My man, uh, Mark, great stuff. And yeah, can't can't wait to talk more of the NFL season with you. And uh, we're at that time now where we need to get ready for it, and you're the right person to talk to. So thanks for joining me tonight. 
All right, sounds good, John. Thanks for having me. Mark Drumheller at X underscore Drumheller, the sports wagering wizard. And yeah, I, he does a lot of great deep dives, uh, especially for win totals and, you know, which ones he likes, you know, whether to go over and under uh, on those teams' win total. And it's really great stuff. And he did a great job with it last year. And so I highly recommend PhillyInfluencer.com. And that does end up, you know, coming out. And he starts coming out with those articles. We're definitely going to be talking about that here on the line change.